Kia ora, and welcome to the Road Unknown 5-Minute Recap, where I try and recap everything that happened in the last episode in just 5 minutes. So, I've got a timer here set for 5 minutes, so I'm going to set it to go, and let's see if I can do it. And go! So, the adventure started with the party chatting with an old friend of theirs, Marcellus, the brass-scale dragonborn. He exclaimed that he was working undercover as Briff at the Allports Trading, uh, Trading Company, and inquired as to why the party was here of all places. They explained that they had uh, a few questions they needed answered by something known as the Oracle at Sumbar, and were on their way there. Marcellus himself had a question for the Oracle and asked the party if they wouldn't mind taking an offering that he himself presented and asking the question for him. They agreed to do so, and they asked if he could give them some kind of vessel to make their way towards the Oracle. He replied that he could indeed find them some kind of sailing vessel to traverse the great rivers that ran down through this landmass known as the Pirate Isles. The party left, Gigi went and picked up some armor that he had augmented, and as the party returned at the end of the day, Marcellus was there with a smaller sailing vessel, more of a sloop than, than a sailing ship, and uh, rather than sailing it down the river, the party decided that, well, Shasta decided that a cool idea would be to take the decanter of endless water lash herself to the back of the ship and use its geyser function to jet propel the ship along the waterways. So they did so, and uh, bid goodbye to a very confused Marcellus, but as the party rocketed along, uh, I shouldn't say rocketed, they weren't moving that fast, but they were moving, thanks to the jet-propelled water, uh, the party, uh, under the guidance of Law, who has proficiency with water vehicles, they managed to find a way to crew the ship themselves. Uh, Law also re-summoned her familiar, which was the seagull, and used the time and the ritual to change it into a small quipper, which could swim underneath the boat in the water. And she wagged into it to have a look around, and it spied a lot of life in the river. She didn't see anything following them or keeping tabs on them. Uh, and as they were sailing, they noticed that the sun was going down, and as it was, the moon itself was in the right position for a lunar eclipse, and was a very uh, very dark hue of red. It was a blood moon. As they were sailing, the party also noticed, just off on the shore, a few, a few hundred feet away, a small light in a grove of trees. And as Shasta bounded from the ship to go and investigate, the party anchored the ship and followed, and they found themselves hiding in the tree line and the scrub, looking towards some sort of marriage ceremony. In a community of halflings, there were two halfling women kneeling, holding each other's hands, wreathed in flower garlands. There was another larger, uh, well, I say larger, but she was standing on a box. She was more ornate halfling, leading the ceremony, a halfling by the name of Rosemita. The song that they were singing, the wedding song, was a song that Shasta remembered from her, her youth in the Chondalwood. It was a very, very old song and a very old form of halfling. And as the song reached a crescendo, the large bonfire behind Rosemeter flashed a brilliant hue of blue, and from the bonfire stepped two elven figures, um, ethereal in, in composure. And as they walked out, they knelt behind each of the halflings and placed their hands on the shoulders and eventually faded away, and Rosemeter pronounced the ceremony complete, and a great party started, and Shasta, overcome with the joy of what she had seen, bounded forward and joined in, and offered one of the rings they had identified, one of the magic rings, as a gift, and gave them the blessing of Erevan. However, at the mention of her, of her deity's name, the party took a quick turn, and Rosemeter promptly tried to eject her. Uh, 
Shasta offered a, a profuse apology and through some uh, convincing from the recently married couple as well as some of the other halflings who had never seen a ghostwise halfling before and were intrigued, Rosmita begrudgingly let her stay and invited her, uh, her companions to join. There were many discussions had. Lore heard some of the halflings in, um, whispering about some sort of myth or legend and when she asked Rosmita, Rosmita told her that there was a legend of a woman who looked a lot like Lore who brought uh, great justice to the land, but also some sort of calamity. And explained that Erevan, while Erevan is a, is a god of the Seldarine, of the Elven Pantheon, he is not welcome at their ceremonies because of his mischievous nature. After a while, the party started to wind down and the adventurers left, not before Balthazar ate some very dubious mushrooms and had a hallucination. And when he arrived back on the ship, he was able to see the form of Erevan chatting with Shasta. Erevan admitted that he tried to get into the party and was not allowed. And as the, as the night wore on, eventually everyone went to sleep and awoke in the next morning. This whole time, however, I should point out that Gigi had been throwing coins off the back of the ship and trying to implore Mask for some kind of guidance or some kind of uh, uh, intervention as to why or how he should dispose of the, the remnants of Siric within these aisles. He felt a presence, but he wasn't sure if it was Mask or not. As they awoke the next day and they were sailing uh, along the river, they noticed a longboat had capsized and um, gone sideways and wedged itself in the river and was being buffeted by water. There were a number of humans clambering on it to try and release it or save whoever was in it, and the party immediately leapt to action. Law used her ability to uh, breathe underwater to swim under and rescue the survivors who were desperately trying to survive within the pocket of air inside the ship. And as she dragged them out, the party used a number of, they worked together really well. They tied their ship to it to use it as, a, as uh, something to tow the ship out from, from where it was wedged. Uh, Shasta and Balthazar attacked the hull to try and break off pieces of it and Lor used water wall to create a huge gust of water to try and shift it. Eventually they did release the ship and it promptly sank after the damage it had sustained and was kind of wedged in the riverbank. But the adventurers realized that the humans that they had rescued were not just short but were half the size of normal humans in proportion. After a, a brief inquiry, they realized or they learned that these humans were from an area known as Bolta and that everything in this area of Bolta was half size, humans, animals, creatures. And the party made sure that they were OK. And the leader of this group uh, just let them know that they were going to make their way towards uh, Hawks Inlet, which was the nearest settlement to where they were along the river. And as they bundled themselves up and set off, the party clambered back aboard their ship and took to sailing further on their journey towards the Oracle of Samba. And that was where we ended our uh, episode. Uh, looking down at the timer, I've gone wildly over time, so I'm probably going to uh, pay for that when we start the next episode. But until that happens, we'll see you soon. Ka kite. <laughs>